0: This is Shane Gibson's podcast from ClosingBigger.net. Today, I've got Steven Jagger, my co-author from Sociable and soon to be Sociable for Real Estate Professionals as well, here to not talk as much about social media, but to talk about outsourcing, automating your business for more efficiency, and really the question to outsource or not to outsource. And so, Steve, thanks for logging on today. No problem. So let's talk about outsourcing. You've got a business called OutsourcingThingsDone.com that you and your partner Michael Stevenson launched. Now, how long ago? Uh, I think we're two and a half years now. Two and a half years in the outsourcing business. So let's chat a little bit about uh, that industry, the benefits, the challenges, the dangers, uh, just in general to start off with.
1: So, um, well, I guess we can start with the, the benefits. Uh, The benefits, obviously, of outsourcing are the the first one or the easiest one to talk about is obviously the cost savings. Um, It's, you know, using the world's labor pool allows you to to, to cut costs. It allows you to get things done for for a lot less. Um, Like our team in the Philippines, they are unbelievably qualified, very well trained. All have university or college degrees, speak English. You know, fantastic workers have a great understanding of the Internet and are just, you know, significantly cheaper than a traditional North American employee. Um, so the benefits I think there are, are massive as far as cost goes. The other big benefit to it is the, um, the savings as far as, or sorry, the, the advantages of utilizing the world's time zones. So where you're able to offer 24 hour a day coverage, um, which would be very difficult in the North American world, you actually have somebody working overnight. Where if if you've got, you know, using the the different time zones that the world's got available for us, you can actually be running a 24-hour business um, while having, you know, people in different time zones handling their daytime shift, which may or may not be the nighttime shift, uh, you know, for somebody else.
0: So one of my challenges, of course, is that I'm, you know, I'm looking at myself and, okay, I'm based in Vancouver, British Columbia. I've got an outsourced team member I'm working with uh, in the Philippines. Um, what kind of tools am I? do you suggest do you work with your clients to utilize to be most efficient in working with an outsourced employee? Because obviously we talk about the time zone difference right there. So how do I work around that? Um, how do I keep it as real-time as possible during regular work hours? What are some of the strategies and technologies you're using to do this?
1: So the key, I think, to, to making outsourcing work is um, ensuring that you're, you're, you've got the systems and procedures documented within your business. Um, you know, knowing, knowing what you're doing, having things written down, you know, not having everything stored in your head is, is, is very important. Um, you know, the, the idea is that if you've got things written down in an, online, in an online format, we recommend people set up a wiki, you know, a lockdown website where they document all the systems and procedures within their business, then you can use that wiki to get these, um, you know, people to, to help you. Complete tasks within your business, and they can follow the online instructions that are in the wiki. So that you don't technically have to be awake giving them these instructions. You're you're taking the time to document it so that they can complete it for you uh, during their shift. So you're building systems that, in essence, help run your
0: business. I mean, there's there's two arguments, of course. The Michael Gerber argument is that people, you know, systems run a business, and people then run the systems. And then there's the Seth Godin linchpin argument is that you build the business. Around great people, and I guess what I'm hearing is it's kind of both is what you guys are doing. Is you've got the systems in place, but you're finding high quality candidates to plug in there as well.
1: Yeah, and I like we follow the myth, you know, Michael Gerber's book quite a bit. The whole build your business like a franchise, you know, document everything. That's where a lot of these systems and procedures concepts come from is from his book. And, you know, it is we we do try and do it for ourselves as well as encourage our clients to do it, documenting everything. And that's what allows you to have these um, team members all over the world help you complete tasks so that you're not reliant on North American or, you know, much more expensive or higher, you know, higher cost labor where because of your systems and procedures, you can utilize, um, you know, people from from all
0: over the place. So there's a few tools that you've introduced me to, and I, I just kind of want to roll through them because I think they're, I mean, one of them, of course, is Yammer, and it's, it's a great tool for geographically dispersed team members even people in the same city not working in the same office but working on the same projects. Uh, you know, of course, the Wiki is, a, is another fantastic tool, and then you run most of your business even though you've got really people in three different countries uh, that are working with you utilizing all the Google apps as well. Um, yeah. Maybe if you don't mind like starting with Yammer and then and the running through um, the wiki and a bit more in depth on Google apps and how they can help a business.
1: So sure. So yeah, we use Yammer internally for each one of our businesses as well as encourage our clients to use it. The idea behind Yammer is it's basically a Twitter-like application uh, except it's locked down so only your team members can get access to what's going on in your Yammer account. And the idea is that you think about it like the water cooler of your business where um, you can, you know, your team members, your your staff, your contractors, whoever can can chit-chat in Yammer about whatever's going on in their world. If somebody got a big sale, if somebody, if there's a cancellation that they're dealing with, if the servers are down, if customer service did, did something amazing, you can have those types of conversations in Yammer so so that A, if you do have a team that's dispersed dispersed around the world, you can all... Kind of get some of the benefits of, of being in an office even though you're not in an office together where you can kind of virtually high five the salesman who, who who got that great sale or or you can handle a problem if there's a problem handle you know a problem happening where servers are down so you can have your 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 programmers in Yammer as well as the the customer service team and it, it just sort of opens the lines of communication so that everybody's on the same page everybody knows what's going on within the business uh, another big beauty to it is that from a programming point of view, I know my, my business partner doesn't like our and I agree with him my, but he doesn't like our business i mean our our programmers being disturbed when they're when they're doing their thing and they're kind of in the zone. The last thing you want to do is you know tap them on the shoulder or bring up Google chat and, and interrupt them because interrupting them to answer your two second question can actually cost you about fifteen minutes of time where it, it's going to take that programmer a few minutes to get. Figure out where they left off, kind of get back into the middle of the code, get back into the zone of where they were, and that can be very costly. You know, costly if you let your you know people do that. So we use Yammer as a way to communicate with the, the programmers, for example, so that you can ask the questions that you need to get you know ask to the programmers, and they can respond when they take their natural breaks. You know, it's it's normal for a programmer to kind of plow through their work and do a great job and and kind of, you know, sort of step out of the computer and hang, you know, kind of take a, a mental break from it. And that's usually when they'll pop into Yammer and see what's going on, answer any questions before they zone back in and, and start, you know, digging back into whatever whatever code they were writing. Um, so that's the Yammer, the wiki we talked about. The That's wiki. just Yammer.com. Yammer.com, yeah. And there's a free version there on the freemium model. So there's a free version and a bunch of paid versions. Um, the wikis, we use Google sites for our wiki. Um, again, it's just a, it's a lockdown systems and procedure manual that's online. So it allows your team members anywhere and everywhere to access it. Um, again, you're kind of, the point of it is to sort of mitigate the hit by the bus, um, thing so that if you, know, if any of your employees drops dead, quits, gets another job, what, you know, whatever, gets sick for a month, whatever. If they're gone, you don't, you know, you lose as the business owner, you lose a lot of information that's stuck in their head. So the idea behind the, the wiki is that you're constantly trying to pull that information out of their minds and document it so that you've got systems and procedures written down for what everybody's doing so that that hit by the bus factor is, is smaller and smaller. So
0: another one of the tools that you use uh, is Google Apps. I mean, you've, you use, you've got many things you do with it from a collaboration and communications perspective. Uh, you know, versus getting on a conference call, you're using their system. What kind of, I guess, what's the costing around that compared to traditional systems? Uh, what are the benefits of using it?
1: So Google Apps is, uh, you know, it's the it's the Microsoft Word, you know, Google's version or Excel, but Google's version. The beauty about it is it's all online. It can be, sh- it's you know, it can be shared so everybody can work on the same document. It tracks all the revisions. So as far as costs go, I believe it's $50 per user per year. Um, to to get access to all the extra stuff that comes with Docs, Um, but for us, you know, we run everything in there, all of our, you know, all of our spreadsheets and forecasting and everything we need to do, you know, in from an Excel point of view, we actually run in Google Docs and same with all of our documents. Uh, and that all happens in Google Docs as well for letters that need to send to clients or you know whatever's going on. It's all it's all kept in the in the Google Cloud and and so that everybody can share that one document instead of us emailing around a bunch of the same, you know different versions of the same document. I, I guess it makes
0: you know using tools like an iPad uh, versus a full blown laptop or a desktop computer more and more relevant too. Yeah. Uh, because you don't need to carry all that data. You don't need all that storage space, and you can pretty well interact with your business from. Any anywhere, you know, That's, including yeah, your kind of the
1: idea. If you're if like, if our computers, you dropped it in the sink, or it, it, you lost it in a cab, or whatever. Technically, you shouldn't these days. You shouldn't really be losing that much data. That you know, your photos are probably on Facebook. All of your documents are in Google Docs. You know, you're, you're, these days most of what we do is in the cloud. So the actual hardware is is less of a, of a problem if it goes missing or breaks down or gets lost or, or whatever because you can log in from somebody else's computer. Go to the Apple store, buy a new computer, log into your account. and There's everything that you, you've uh, been working on. So your Outsource
0: team that you've built, uh, you know, one of, I guess some of the things, are, one of the things I noticed uh, is that you know, if someone comes to you and says, hey, I need uh, 100 hours of, of work done to do this mundane task, you guys aren't probably the company to go to. No. You guys are more about actually having a full-time, dedicated person who's versed in that organization's culture work like almost a virtual employee.
1: Yes. So, yeah, we don't do task-based work. Um, what we do is we deal with clients that are looking for full-time virtual workers. So usually when I'll, I'll meet with a, a client or speak to a client about what their needs are and they would say, you know, what they're looking for, web designers or legal assistants or programmers or whatever it is. And then we can um, figure out what type of role they're trying to fill and then go ahead and find the right person that fits that role. Um, So we're, we're pretty unique in the way we do it. We do a lot with video. We get the client to shoot a video of themselves talking about who they are, what they do, what their business is all about, what their role is all about, what's their ideal candidate look like. Uh, and then, on the other end, in the Philippines, we actually have our h r department. They also shoot videos with all of our recruits of who they are, where they came from, what they do in their free time, what you know what 's their family like you know sort of so you can get a pretty good picture of of who somebody is, what they do. Um, where they used to work, where they went to school, if they, you know, practice karate, you know, whatever it is, you get a more rounded picture of of who this person is. And we almost, it's almost like a dating service where we're trying to make sure that the virtual worker pairs up nicely with the client because if the client's happy and the virtual worker's not happy, it's not going to work. You know, both partners have to be happy for the, for the relationship to work.
0: Fantastic. So, if people want to learn more about uh, your outsourcing uh, business, they can go to outsourcingthingsdone.com.
1: Yeah, and there's lots of lots of videos on on the website where they can watch videos of of current virtual assistants that are available. Or past ones or testimonials from other clients, you know, talking on video about how they've used virtual workers. So there's lots of good video on the website. And then,
0: of course, they can tweet you at S Jagger yep. if they want to ask you questions. And I, I guess before wrapping up, I mean, there's ping the devil's advocate a little bit. Uh, you know, some people are going to say, look, uh, you know, the, the cost benefit doesn't meet doesn't – Um, you know, the downside of not having someone like physically next to me, someone that I can, that is accountable, that I can see come in the door in the morning and leave in the evening and, and do their tasks. And, uh,
1: you know, I'm not sure their technical competencies. What do you say to some of those concerns? Well, you you know, this kind of outsourcing, it's definitely not for everybody. Um, You need to have a decent, um, technical ability, because yes you are interacting with somebody who 's not right in front of you, so you 're not able to hand them a piece of paper and say "Do this you you have to use the tools that are on, on the internet in order to interact with them so just by for that it 's it's it's by default it, it, you know not everybody 's going to be ready for this but um, Once I think people start looking into it that are are ready for it, the beauty about it is it actually starts to, A, it systemizes your business more because it, it forces you to have to start documenting systems and procedures, which in the end is actually great for you and your business so that you don't need to be stuck to your office either, where once you've done all this stuff and you get accustomed to utilizing people all over the place, you don't actually have to be in your office as much anymore. Where you can be in Mexico, instead of a two-week vacation, you can have a a four-week vacation because you've got systems in place to be able to manage your team. Everything's online. So if there is a problem, you can deal with it. You've got access to everything that you need to get access to. So it actually, once you get rolling, it can make your life much better.
0: It's like any form of delegation. I mean, there's a lot of managers who won't delegate key tasks that could be delegated because of the learning curve of the staff it, it takes two of them putting 10 hours in instead of one but eventually they don't have to put that 10 hours in anymore Yeah. and in this particular case it's also at a, at a reduced investment um, and one of the things now what happens I mean one of my thoughts are boy I, I train this uh, th- I get connected I find this em- outsourced employee I pay you guys a fee to get going uh, and on my monthly and all of a sudden you know this person they just they just clash with our culture or they don't have the technical capacity I like I mean am I stuck with them
1: do I have to reinvest in them how nope, does that work you know, in our world, if it's not a fit and the role didn't change just for whatever reason, we we, we don't have a fit. Um, we'll replace that. We'll replace that worker.
0: Oh, that's good. So the neat okay. thing
1: I think from about us is because we've got multiple, our own multiple you know entities that are operating like Uber We have a software company that's actually a client of our outsourcing company. The neat thing about it is we won't give you or any client anybody that we wouldn't personally take ourselves. So we're not we're not just placing people and hoping for the best. They've all worked with us. They've come through our four weeks of basic training. We've let them uh, work in uh, our software company's live customer service, so they are actually dealing with, live with our customers. Um, so if they're good enough for us, we think they're good enough for our clients. So yeah, if it's not a fit, we can take them back internally and use them until we can find a better fit for them. And we can replace them uh, so we you know with somebody who is the right fit.
0: And this talks about, there's a book that was read, was written a, a quite a while ago called The Great Boom Ahead by Harry S. Dent. And Harry wrote, he's like a demographer out of the US. And he talked about the right brain revolution and about the need for organizations that right brain is they created the leadership capacity uh, that as entrepreneurs as sales professionals as people using social media market that right brain creative community building type stuff is stuff we should do more of, and the left brain stuff the stuff that can be repeated and put into a process is stuff we should do less of because our, our our real competitive advantage and our real profit is in the right brain side in a lot of cases in what we 're doing and so kind of what I like about this is. Both from the automation you've talked about from Yammer to, to your Google Apps uh, to a wiki uh, to employees that you can outsource work to uh, that are credible, of course. Uh, it enables you as an entrepreneur, sales profession, social media professional to actually do more of the stuff
1: you're actually paid to do yeah. uh, versus more of the tasks. That's what I tell clients all the time is, is you can do more of the high-level stuff uh, and you can and get rid of the tasks that they need to be done. But you just you don't need to be doing them. Yeah. So it's it's yeah it's a very valuable asset
0: to, you know having these people so I guess the lesson here, that for me at least, what I'm getting out of this uh, is, yes, outsourcing is a definite viable option for those organizations that are ready for it culturally and, and technically, uh, and that if you do it right, uh, they can be part of your business uh, authentically. Uh, in addition to this, uh, automating is finding ways through tools like Yammy, Yammer, <laughs> Yammer, uh, that's another tool that's coming out next week, uh, Yammer, uh, Wikis, and, and Google Apps to, to systemize what you do. Uh, and re- really free you up to do what you're good at. So thanks again, Steve for coming on the program. Again, you can find more about Steve at outsourcingthingsdone.com or at s Jagger on Twitter. and this is Shane Gibson's podcast from closingbigger.net.